SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown. A jam-packed show lined up for you tonight. We'll be chatting to Bafana Bafana assistant coach Thomas Anong this evening. We'll also head to Rio to find out how our Paralympics team's going. And we'll also hear from Herschel Gibbs. But speaking of that Paralympic team, the Paralympics get underway tonight. Uh, a spectacular opening ceremony expected. Manfred Seidler has more on Team South Africa. 45 athletes will make up Team South Africa to contest the 2016 Paralympic Games in Rio from the 8th to the 18th of September. The squad will be spread over 10 different sporting codes, namely archery, athletics, canoeing, cycling, equestrian, powerlifting, rowing, swimming, shooting and wheelchair tennis. As was the case at the previous Paralympic Games in London, where Team South Africa was represented by 7 codes, the Athletics Code will once again have the strongest representation, with 19 athletes. This is followed by swimming and cycling, both with six competitors. The team is a blend of stars who have medal in various international events and have done South Africa proud on the international scenes as well. Multi-talented Anne van Dijk will be back for an incredible seven successive Paralympic Games after having first represented South Africa in Barcelona in 1992. Sonelli Situ will be competing in her fifth Paralympics, and uh, equestrian expert Philippa Johnson, who won double gold in Beijing eight years ago, will also be back for her fourth Paralympics. And Fritz Seidler for SFM Sport. To cricket news, and the Kasi Challenge took place in Soweto today. The Lions beat the Titans by 18 runs. On to football, former Arsenal forward Nicholas Bentner has joined championship side Notts Forest on a two-year deal. To rugby, Springbok coach Alistair Gutsir will announce his box squad that will play Australia this weekend. That's due at 7pm this evening. Meanwhile, Wales coach Warren Gatlin has been appointed as the British and Irish Lions head coach for their tour of New Zealand next year. In boxing news, world heavyweight champion Tyson Fury will defend his titles in a rematch against Vladimir Klitschko on the 29th of October. Should be a fantastic fight taking place in Manchester. And finally, in cycling, stage 17 of the Vuelta saw Mateus Frank claim victory on the stage. Nairo Quintana retained his lead in the general class. Coming up next, we'll chat some tennis. SAFM Sports Wrap. We head to the US Open now. Simon Cambers joins us. Simon, uh, a couple of spots left up for grabs in the semi-finals. Some mouth-watering tennis to look forward to today. Yeah, more mouth-watering tennis. It's been pretty special stuff over the last few days. But we've got Andy Murray, Wimbledon Olympic champion, trying to add the US Open title to that. And he's got a tough match, really, against Kane Ishikori. If you think Murray's trying to win the title... To do that, he's probably going to have to beat Nishikori, then either Stan Wawrinka or Juan Martín del Potro, who play in the light, night match, and then, most likely, Novak Djokovic. It's a pretty tall order. Yeah, big, big ask there. Let's talk about that second match. Stan Wawrinka, uh, del Potro. I mean, on paper, Stan Wawrinka should win that easily, but uh, del Potro's coming back from, from surgery. There's really no pressure on him. He's loving his tennis again. He's, he's really enjoying being out on court. I, I, would, I would fancy his chances tonight. I, don't, I think you're not alone. Yeah, a lot of people think Del Potro will take care of Vavrinka. I mean, Vavrinka was the favourite when they met at Wimbledon, which is you know a couple of months ago, and uh, Del Potro was further back in his development after the wrist surgeries, and Del Potro won that one, and that was on grass, which um, is not his best surface, and Del Potro has won the US Open before. He's a massive crowd favourite now. Having won the silver medal at the Olympics, he showed somehow he's been able to sort of get his form and his sort of mental strength back immediately, and I mean... It, the one thing that match will probably be is long. Both those two love to uh, grind out massive, massive epic matches. But, uh, I, yeah, I would also give Del Potro the slight edge. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Let's look at the ladies' draw. Uh, the first of uh, today's quarterfinals on court at the moment. Uh, how's that one looking? 
Yeah, I mean that's a, that's an interesting one. Mostly, mostly because the winner of it plays uh, the winner of the the evening match, which is the, the big one really, which is Serena Williams up against Simona Halep. I mean, this is Pliskova who beat Venus Williams in the first one, and she's she's got a, a tough task, I think. But the the, the Serena Williams Halep match is, is the key because Halep has all the talent in the world. Um, is blows hot and cold, but if she blows hot, then Serena Williams' quest for 23 Grand Slam titles really could be in the balance. She's been tinkering with her serve a little bit, um, and if she gets that right, then that, that really could be an absolutely classic encounter. Yeah, without a doubt. And that other one tonight, uh, Serena Williams up against Simona Halep. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Would have liked to chat a bit more about that, but that should be an epic encounter as well. We'll touch base again tomorrow. We'll have all those results for you on AM Live. It's the MTN Age Best Leg semi-final weekend. Wafa Wafa. On Saturday, the Clever Boys take on Cape Town City at Bidvest Stadium at quarter past eight. On Sunday, the Brazilians travel to Nelson Mandela Bay to battle the Chile Boys. Kickoff is at three o'clock. Tickets are available at 60 rand from Ticket Pro, Jet, Edgar and CNA. Be sure to be part of the action. It is the MTN Age Best Leg semi-final weekend. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. The Thank You SABC Music Concert is on. Come and celebrate our heritage at the Orlando Stadium Soweto this Saturday, the 10th of September, 2016. Featuring top proudly South African artists, we're giving away tickets to our lucky listeners based in Gauteng and able to attend the music concert at the Orlando Stadium in Soweto on the 10th of September from 10 a.m. To stand a chance to win these tickets, SMS the keyword SABC Music and your name and surname to 34766. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing as Nico meets Ilsa Hayes, the Paralympian making us proud. International model David Agbaji shares his Muay Thai fitness routine in New York. Sophie star Clint Brink invites us to his wedding to Namibian model Steffi van Veek. And Roxy gets whipped into shape by Instagram fitness bunny Svatim Pisani. That's Thursday night at 8 on SABC3. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. September. Thank you, SABC Music Concert. Celebration time. All genres. Waito, gospel, jazz, reggae, hip-hop, maskandi, mbaltanga, acapella, zotai. Get your ticket now and come to ticket. Entrance fee, 100 bucks for 100 artists. Orlando Stadium, 10 September. Walala wasala, kinako, ayoba. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and it was a 1-0 victory for Bafana Bafana last night against Egypt in the Nelson Mandela Challenge that took place at the Orlando Stadium in Soweto. We join now by Bafana Bafana assistant coach Tabo Sunong. Tabo, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us on, on SAFM this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me in the show, and uh, a very good evening also to the listeners of SAFM. Thank you. Coach, congratulations on the win last night. Obviously, there has been a lot of pressure around uh, Bafana Bafana following the, the failed AFCON qualification uh, attempt, but uh, nice to get on the, on the score sheet and, uh, and, and pick up a win against a team as strong as Egypt. They, they, they know mugs on the African continent. They've proved their worth, and uh, a one-all victory, very, very good. Thank you. Obviously, uh, this camp, uh, the main theme of this camp, the two matches, was just to prepare for the World Cup. Uh, qualifiers next month 
Uh, we needed to use the match against Mauritania and we needed to use the match against Egypt. And uh, we obviously collected the draw and the win out of this camp. And uh, we believe that uh, there were more positives, you know, than negatives because of just in three weeks' time we'll be playing the World Cup uh, qualifiers against Pekina Faso away in Pekina. And uh, we believe that we've blended a good uh, team that has some youth, young players that come from the under-23. And of course, some experienced players that will just fast-track the adaptation of the young ones so that we can build a strong team and make sure that we compete and qualify for the World Cup. Coach, there's been a lot of a lot of talk in the build-up to to this clash and the Mauritania clash with regards to to the squad and the choice of players, particularly uh, the older players in the squad. You mentioned the youngsters coming through. I mean, the youngsters have proved themselves at at the international level. You look at what they did uh, at the Rio Olympic Games, and and I know there's been a lot of criticism in the media uh, about playing players who who might ne- not necessarily be in the long-term plans for for Bafana Bafana, and and, and uh, the talk's been that the coach uh, or Coach Sheikh Mashaba should have chosen a, a much younger team or What's your thoughts on, on that? Do, should we be thinking purely about building for the future or is there a place for a player who might not necessarily be around if we do qualify for that World Cup? Yeah, of course, uh, it's true. But you see, young players can't develop uh, in isolation. Young players always need to be guided by some experienced players. And uh, this is the reason we always have your Jumelian Kunes, your Antilegalis, your Dean Femen, their role, as much as is to play and give us positive results, but it's also to fast track the gelling of the Dylan Meguas, Kigan uh, Dolis, Maposa, Opry Mudivas, you know, so that we have a strong team, so that we can always compete. And then, of course, we know that uh, in two years' time, maybe the 29-year-olds now who will be 31, maybe might not be uh, good enough that time, but we believe that the young ones would have graduated, they would have matured, and they would be able to compete and will always make a strength in a Fanabatana team. But of course, uh, it, it, it's very difficult to select the uh, players and uh, to impress everybody you know, in the nation because of all people have their choices, all people have, have their own preferences, but uh, the head coach has a philosophy and uh, He's got a, a, a criteria that he needs. You know, he looks at when he select players so that they can adapt to his philosophy. And when you look at players like Kamsana Kabuza, you know, it's very difficult right, to find a, a, a striker who always makes runs behind opposition defenders like Kamsana Kabuza. And of course, it's beyond the coach's control that he's not getting playing minutes at Orlando Paris. But you look at his energy, his attitude, the way he travels, opposition defenders. If one can give me one striker that can do such, it, 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 it will always be a hassle, you know. So once our players get some game fitness, uh, just maybe uh, end of this month, I believe Bafana will have a better team. You know, if you remember last year, we had the same poor performance because of uh, its incision, the league has just started. So the level of fitness has
Coach, obviously the, the nation's disappointed that we haven't qualified for Gabon in, in 2017. And as much as we're disappointed, I'm, I'm sure you as, as the technical uh, staff and, and the squad are, are probably more disappointed because at the end of the day, that's your careers. Lessons learnt out of this campaign, this failed campaign going forward to, to the World Cup qualifiers. The last thing we want to do is, is, is make the same mistakes again. What are we going to change going into these World Cup qualifiers? Look, uh, we're very disappointed not having qualified for the AFCON 2017, but we are not discouraged because uh, the, the, the entire plan uh, is still running very smoothly. If you look at the junior national teams now having have to qualify for continental tournaments, it's now becoming a trend, but, you know, and of course, uh, would have loved to be part of the AFCON 2017, but we are not discouraged. We still believe that we have a solid team that can actually uh, compete and uh, be part of the World Cup 2018. Uh, we have no doubt of the quality of players we have in our country. And, uh, of course, the technical team is working hard to make sure that uh, we assemble the squad that will give us a result in, you know, uh, in a month's time or so. We haven't lost uh, at home, but, of course, um, we've dropped too many points, I must say. With too many draws, three draws, we've, we've dropped like nine points. And you can see that already it's a, it's a psychological issue that we need to sort out as soon as possible. Because books like Bafana are good travelers and they perform poor at home. And that needs to be uh, addressed as soon as possible. Coach, in saying that, the, the loss to Mauritania in the AFCON qualifiers is what, what put us, really put us on the back foot and, and almost... We started off at a disadvantage. We were chasing the game from from the start. That's obviously something you want to make sure that with these World Cup qualifiers, we get off to a winning start because it is vital to to get on the front foot and then carry that momentum through, as opposed to to losing, dropping points, and then you're just playing catch up from the start. Yes, you see, uh, as I say, that we have players that are match fit uh, because uh, some of the players we have played uh, some cup games and some league games. And the squad that will be assembled will be much better because of now, players only played maximum of two games. And it's always difficult to play against countries like Mauritania, who are in season already. So they've played like uh, uh, 17 games in total. So the level of fitness will always be So But now we believe it's not an excuse, but we believe that, yeah, uh, come uh, next month, uh, the team will be strong enough because we need to start well. We need to collect points so that we can uh, be able to be, you know, uh, hopeful that uh, the team is still on the right track to go to Russia 2018. Coach, I have to ask, uh, my listeners would lynch me if I didn't. There's been lots of talk uh, about the future of Coach Sheikhs Mashaba. Your thoughts on the issue? Is he going to be around for those World Cup qualifiers or is uh, is this the end of the road for him? Look, uh, obviously the headquarters mandate has always uh, been to to qualify for both the World Cup 2018 and the 2017 Cup, which one hasn't been achieved, and then also to bring a strong team to, to, to support the junior national team and to make sure that we protect players from under 20, under 23, and that has happened. So the only biggest negative at the moment is the failure to qualify for AFCON. But uh, the coach qualified for 2015 AFCON within a period of two months, now the coach will be working hard again to push the team for the World Cup qualifiers. And of course, uh, Safa has been happy with how the coach has been working.
then there's a huge cry outside and I wouldn't blame our beautiful friends, I wouldn't blame Safa to question other things, but I still believe that Mikanashara is an asset in the country. If you look at when he started, how he started the association, and the association will always make sure that they keep such an asset, you know, in their projects and programs. Assistant coach for Bafana Bafana at Tabo thank you so much for joining us this evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. Much appreciated. We look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and the 2016 Paralympics uh, officially get started this evening uh, in Rio. It is the opening ceremony. Team South Africa geared up, and it's a big team as well. We join now by the man in charge of uh, the media side of things for Team South Africa, is Shane Keogh. Hey, Shane, welcome on to SAFM. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Mike. Great to be with you. Shane, you're in Rio with the team, just about getting ready as we speak now to, to head towards the stadium with Team South Africa. How How's everyone feeling? The excitement must be building ahead of the Games. Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's been really good. Um, the weather has been superb. It's been really hot. Um, average about 30, 31 degrees per day. Um, the training facilities are just superb. Uh, I sit with the athletes every day, and there's not one complaint about any of the facilities. Um, the people here have been fantastic. The spirit and the vibe is really great. And obviously, as you can imagine, um, we've had five days of training, so the countdown now, it's, it's, I think it's starting to set in and it's starting to sink in that the games actually officially start tomorrow with the competition. But, yeah, I think we're going let to the, let the athletes enjoy tonight and just uh, the celebration of the actual Paralympic movement. I, I know before the, the, the Rio Games, just a, a few weeks ago, there were, were issues in the, in the athletes' village with things not being ready. That's obviously all being sorted out with the, with the dress rehearsal that they've had for, for you guys now? Yeah, I think, I think the Olympians uh, sorted all that for us, to be honest. Um, we have not had one issue. We've been here now just on six days, and I can't think of one person that's had any issues with the facilities. Um, the, 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 the food and dining hall is world-class. Uh, the gymnasium's world-class. It's really the, the guys have been really well looked after. Shane, from a Team South Africa perspective, obviously a, a fairly large team, I think it's 45 athletes in, in total, uh, and, and some athletes who have, have got some serious uh, Paralympic experience. I think of the likes of Ernst van Dijk, who's, who's been to every single one since readmission. Uh, there can't be too many uh, Paralympic uh, athletes in the world that have been to as many uh, Olympics as, as he has. Yeah, you, we've got we've got a little bit of experience to be honest. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's one of those squads that's got it's heavy on experience, but there's also a couple of very new faces. So I think it's going to be a great blend. Um, and, and and I can tell you now, this the, the vibe here is incredible. I mean, the, you know, I've been on games where where you you can see sports uh, kind of kind of you know stay with each other, the different disciplines. And here it's been you know at every you go into the dining halls and it's a ladies guy sitting with the cyclists, um, you know, powerlifter sitting with the wheelchair tennis players. Um, the community has been a real team spirit, and it's been it's been evident from the training, the holding camp in, in Johannesburg before we left. But yeah, Ernest obviously is a is, a, is experienced. Uh, we've got uh, Zanelli, who's our flag bearer. She's she's been to five um, Paralympic games. We've got uh, athletes like uh, Ilza Hayes, that is, I think that's her third or fourth games. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's been, there's quite a bit of experience in here, and then we've got a couple of new faces, new faces as well. So it's really good. 
How are the newbies taking to it? I mean, guys like uh, like those that you just mentioned, they've been to a few. Obviously, everyone's slightly different because of, of where they're held and the, the cultural differences. But uh, for, for the first time, for an athlete to go to an event like the Paralympics, it's, it's truly special, and they must be really excited to be heading to the opening ceremony tonight. Right, it's, to be entirely honest, it's actually quite a pleasure to watch it, and I think it, it, it also um, reminds the more experienced and older heads just what the feeling is like to come into an, a village, a village uh, environment. Um, you know, that first day or that is just to watch your faces was just an awe um, of everything. You know, the facilities, the size of the village. I mean, you've got over four, four, four thousand athletes in this village. It's a, it's a complete. It's like a, it's like a complex. Um, so to see everything, it's like you know, like a kid who's seen Christmas for the first time and presents. It's, it's really good. But then it also, I think it it helps with the very experienced athletes to to see it through the eyes of the new. The new athletes, so yeah, the, the, they are excited. Um, but but having said that, uh, I'm quite level-headed. Um, I think the coach has been really good. You know, allowed them a day or two just to soak it all in, and then they've been really seriously training for about the last four days. I mean, like intensive training. So yeah, I think very very excited. But they not. Uh, I don't think they're getting it carried away too much. I think that the, the first two days distractions are gone, and they're really into their routines now. Obviously, last time out in London, there was uh, a, a, a fantastic medal hall. Looking at what's happened with uh, our able-bodied athletes and, and what they did just a, a few weeks ago, phenomenal performance. I mean, our best medal hall since uh, I think it was the Helsinki Games. So it's a long, long time since we've had such a, a successful Olympics. Is, is the pressure mounting? Or are they feeling that pressure? Or is that confidence sort of, or are they pulling that confidence from the able-bodied team into this one? And, and, and the feeling is we're going to do better than we did in London. No, to be entirely honest, I don't think there's any pressure on the athletes. Um, they're, they're pretty level-headed. You know, I, I, you know, I was talking yesterday with Arnu Fouri, who's, um, you know, we medaled it in London, and I, I, we were just generally saying, you know, you know, do you feel pressure? And he said, not at all. He said, you know, in his head, for what happened four years ago is, is, is the past and it's history. Um, his focus is now on um, today and, and obviously when he can get going again in his event, and, and that's to try and medal. And I think, I think you know, with, without being arrogant, um, right, I think the, um, the uh, just about every athlete here is a genuine medal contender, and that's not um, you know on the day anything can happen, um, and you can't predict medals. But I, I, I really believe these guys are in with a shout, and um, and I think that they're going to do really well. Um, you know, especially I think you know, our strength is athletics. You know, we've got some real experience with Hilton Langenhofen, you know, Diane Base. Um, Fanny Fundamova, you know, um, Ilza Hayes, uh, Tyron Pillay, you've got Reynard, um, Hammond, who's the world javelin, uh, record, uh, holder. So this, this, there's no pressure on these guys and, um, they, they just, I think they really focused on just doing the job and, 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 you know, the thing is doing the best and see what, what, what comes out of that. I mean, they all want a medal. Mm. That's the reality. Um, but, you know, they, they're, they're aware that they've got good competition. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident these guys are going to do really well. You know, I'm not going to fall into that trap of predicting medals, but I, I really think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, silverware coming home with us. And, and obviously success breeds success. So the sooner we can get on the, the scoreboard, so to speak, the better it is. The morale gets yeah. lifted and everyone feels confident. Yeah. that they can do it too so let's hope we get off to a flying start let's just talk briefly about this uh, opening ceremony tonight any any news I know they keep it quite a, a tightly guarded secret but have, has any anything been slipped about what you guys can expect tonight 
No, they've been very, no, very good. I think it tries to keep us on, on edge and tries to make sure the guys aren't bored. So they don't have a clue. We, I don't, we really don't know what's happening. The, the good news for us, for South Africa, is be, um, we're actually entering the stadium in second in second spot, which is really nice because in previous games we've been Republic of South Africa or South African <laughs> right at the end. So um, the way we pronounce you, Africa, the suit, it, uh, we, we get up right in front. So the guys are pretty excited about that, not having to stand uh, yeah, right at the back waiting to come into the stadium. So uh, I think that's, that's probably the biggest and the most positive thing uh, heading to the stadium. And you get front row seats early on, which is fantastic. <laughs> we, we do, mate. <laughs> Shank, thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Track. Please pass on our best to the team. We can't wait for it to start. Uh, I've had Olympic withdrawals for the last few weeks, and I'm, I'm really chuffed that uh, the Paralympics are about to get underway. I can't wait. So best of luck. Enjoy the opening ceremony, and we'll chat throughout the games, I'm sure. Thanks very much for your support. The team really appreciates it. They see the messages and they really do appreciate all the support coming from South Africa. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some cricket now. Former Proteus Lord Herschel Gibbs has called on Cricket South Africa to turn their attention to strengthening first-class cricket over prioritising the shorter formats in a bid to grow domestic cricket. This comes after Cricket South Africa announced new innovations that will be introduced to the domestic T20 league in a bid to uh, attract international players and grow the game. Gibbs, however, who played 193 first-class games, which included 90 tests for the Proteus, believes that the focus should be on growing the four-day game to produce future Proteus players. Yeah, look, I'm not too sure exactly what the, <laughs> the new format is, but we want to obviously strengthen our domestic cricket, and if it means getting some you know, overseas players to come in and play, then, then so be it. Um, for me, the main criteria should always be the, you know, the first-class structure and the standard. You know, once the uh, standard of first-class improves, it will obviously rub off as far as the test teams are concerned because we need worthy replacements from you know, Hashem Amla, Dale Stain, A.B. de Villiers. They're not going to be around for much longer, I don't think, as far as you know, the test format is concerned, even if I have to play C, they're probably going to be around for maybe two, three years maximum. That's where you see the strength of your team in the first class structure as far as a domestic cricket is concerned, because that is where you breed complete cricketers, be it the bowler or a batsman. You know, once they start uh, uh, understanding how they want to play, be it bowler or batsman, that obviously you find that out in the first class structure. That for me is where we need to be more consistent and put more effort into building for the future. Not so much T20 cricket. I understand T20 cricket is about making money, but you, you don't become complete cricketers just playing T20 cricket or emphasising, you know, the shorter format. With Cricket South Africa having also introduced transformation targets for all national teams following the annual general meeting this past weekend, Gibbs believes the mother body is moving in the right direction. He called on all players to use the opportunities they are afforded. Yeah, look, I mean, it, a lot has been said and will probably, you know, continue to be said regarding transformation. It's definitely a work in progress, but it's good to see, you know, the players of colour, I wouldn't say shining, but they've been given opportunities. For them, you know, they need to carry on making the most of their opportunities with good performances. Understandably, you know, with recent announcement of Mark Boucher here as a coach, head coach, <coughs> as far as uh, the Titans are concerned, there was obviously a, a question mark as to, uh, not sure the assistant coach of the last couple of years, why he has and, you know, wasn't made the head coach. And I wouldn't really like to indulge in that, but, you know, for me, he did his tutorship. Maybe, you know, it was time for him to become head coach. Who am I to say? You know, just an opinion. But, um, look, I think, you know, there's a lot of black players that are having this opportunity in our domestic cricket. All I'd like to say to them is that they must continue and make the most of it. You know, performances count for everything. It's not just about having the opportunities. You know, you still got to perform. And once you start performing, selectors, you know, can't overlook that. So, you know, with regards to that, you know, I'd just like 
like to see more consistent you know, performances. Um, and there's no reason why they can't stake a claim for high honours. The 42-year-old also commended the Proteas following their 1-0 Test Series victory over New Zealand. Gibbs says despite being ranked 7th in the ICC Test Rankings at the moment, he believes the Proteas will rise to the top in no time when they start playing Test Cricket regularly again. Yeah, look, they last played a Test Series in, in January. I think they made a, a really good uh, comeback since then. You know, obviously they didn't come into the Test Series, this particular Test Series, with any form, you know, to speak of. But, you know, they played the conditions well. It's good to see our trio, our, you know, bowling quartet firing like they have done over the last two Tests. And it's good because we'll need all our senior players, all our bowlers, even our batsmen to be in really good form come you know, November when you know, South Africa goes to Australia for the three test match series. Things are looking good. Uh, I mean, I understand we are ranked number seven as far as the test rankings are concerned, which is not ideal, but we haven't played many test matches, obviously, the last couple of months. You know, I think they've done really well. They've made a really good, solid start to the new summer. The Proteus secured their test series victory against New Zealand with a 204-run win in the second test after the first test in Durban was washed out. Competition for places is also set to be rife heading to Australia in November as a number of the senior players scheduled to return. Gibbs also believes the test series between the top nations should be three match test series. That's understandably so. Um, Stian Ponsale has had his opportunity. Did he make the most of it? I don't really think so. I think you know he's a little bit tentative, trying to maybe be too cautious because he knows that uh, you know his place in the team would be jeopardised had he not scored any runs, and he didn't score runs, unfortunately. But I'm sure you know he's a left-hand batsman. He might go. I'm very happy that Tim Abuwa made runs. You know he looks very accomplished. You know he looks like he's growing in, in confidence, and you know his technique's always been good. So from that point of view, it's really good to see. Addition-wise. To the squad going to Australia there might be a few more additions you know but uh, I think it'll be business as usual Um, you know I think it's good to see them playing test cricket again yes there is a shortage I mean with the amount of T20 leagues that they have around the world now um, you know that plays a huge part in world cricket which is unfortunate because you know test cricket is test cricket and it's the main format of the game and you know but I still ultimately think that test series should be three match test series Gibbs also shared his opinion following former Proteus batsman Daryl Cullinan's views on transformation and the involvement of players of colour in the game of cricket. The former Cape Cobras legend believes that the future of the game matters more than the origin of the comment. Your thoughts on obviously Daryl Cullinan's views which have spiralled and uh, promoted a lot of... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, look, I mean, Daryl, obviously, he doesn't mind making those sort of comments. Um, uh, Look, I... It's, it can't be a racial thing, uh, you know, with regards to where it's all started for the non-white players. It all plays a part. I mean, you know, we all love the game. For me, it, it was quite of a bizarre comment for Daryl to make. He has been known <laughs> to make those sort of comments over the years. But, um, you know, it's a game that we all love to play. And, you know, it, it's obviously uh, where it originated from. <laughs> it's complete uh, irrelevant to the main, to the bigger picture. So, I, I mean, I can't understand why he said such, you know, what he did. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We're back again tomorrow with the PSL Radio Show, Second Jalo, 6.30 on a Thursday. Uh, we'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Enjoy the opening ceremony of the Paralympics tonight. Coming up on the other side of 7, it is uh, the talk shop with Lady Malaya for myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Have a great evening. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.